0: Hello, and thanks for clicking play on All About Al, the Pacino podcast. My name's Mark Searby, and I'm a film critic, broadcaster, and author based in the UK. In 2017, I published Al Pacino, the movies behind the man, a book all about the career of the legendary actor. It's 600 plus pages that takes you through his filmography, from the pre-production to filming and onto reviews and box office returns. Also, there are critical analysis pieces from myself on each film. It also includes over 60 exclusive interviews with those who have worked with Pacino through the years. The likes of Jerry Schatzberg, Hugh Hudson, Stephen Bauer, Catherine Isabel, Wes Studi, and many more. The book is available from all digital book providers, or if you want a physical copy, then it's available to purchase from the Great British Bookshop. I've been an Al Pacino fan since my early teens. So writing the book really was a labour of love. It took me nearly three years, yet it was completely worth it as I'm really, really proud of it. In the intervening years since the book came out, I've had many people ask me if I'm gonna be writing a follow-up book. Pacino's still acting, still turning out great movies, still making interesting choices. But writing a book takes time and money. I have little time these days, and even littler money. However, I always wanted to do some sort of follow-up to my book. So here we are, All About Al, The Pacino Podcast. It's a fortnightly podcast where I'll be talking to actors, directors, producers, writers, and more about working with Al Pacino on movies, TV shows, and theatre productions. I'm looking to discover more about what it's like working with the iconic actor and how he continues to inspire those within the entertainment industry. Forthcoming podcast interviews include Martha Keller, his co star in Bobby Deerfield, Gary White, screenwriter of Scarecrow, Sandra Kazan, Dog Day Afternoon actor, Paul Brad Logan, writer of Manglehorn, Nelson McCormack, director of Hunters, and many, many more. I'll also be chatting to fellow film critics as we dissect films from the Pacino catalogue. We will delve into what makes the film work or doesn't, the type of performance Pacino is giving, and even dig deeper into how it influences his co-stars and what they can and do learn from him. However, I'm not going to stop there. I'll also be talking to academic scholars about Pacino's love of all things Shakespeare, Oscar Wilde, David Mamet, and other playwrights. We'll be looking at the films and stage productions that he's been involved in through the decades. Even in his eighties, Pacino still loves to tread the boards. And it's just another area of Al Pacino's acting I'll be examining. I hope it's going to be an interesting and informative listen, whether you're a massive Al Pacino fan or not. I hope you'll enjoy the interviews and discussions that I have with the guests on the podcast. And if you're thinking I'll only be looking at his good movies, then think again, because I will be discussing some of the not-so-good films he has made. After all, this is All About Al, the Pacino podcast. And with that in mind, let's get to my guest on this first ever episode. I am absolutely delighted to welcome Gabrielle Anwar to All About Al, the Pacino podcast. Anwar has appeared in films such as The Three Musketeers, body snatchers, and things to do in Denver when you're dead, amongst others. TV-wise, she's appeared in Once Upon a Time, The Tudors, and Burn Notice, which is possibly the show many will know her from. However, I think millions, if not billions, around the world will know Gabrielle from her dance scene in Scent of a Woman. And in terms of Al Pacino iconic scenes, I think it's fair to say that Gabrielle has one of the best Her appearance opposite Pacino is so memorable, and yet it only lasts about 15 minutes. That tango scene continues to be mesmerising and talked about constantly. Now you're about to hear Gabrielle talk about how she got the role, what training she went through, and what it was like dancing toe-to-toe with Al Pacino. So here it is, All About Al, The Pacino Podcast, Episode 1, with actor Gabrielle Anwar, discussing Scent of a Woman. I I was looking at your early years on, on Wikipedia. I know it's not the best place to start at all. However, I noticed on there that you had Studied drama and dance at the Italia Conti Academy of Theatre Arts. And I wanted to ask you, did you do any tango lessons there?
1: No, I didn't. Um, You know, I have to say, and I know this isn't trendy, because I know ballroom dancing has become, like, really hot, but I hate ballroom dancing. I can't stand it. It's just, I, I remember growing up and watching it on the tv and it, you know when I was growing up there are only three channels so it was you know you kind of had to just choose the the worst of all evils and it happened to be ballroom dancing one night and I was just thinking this is just so fake and ultra glam and super tacky and just gnarly and so I when I was learning to dance at, at talia conti i didn't ever veer into that ballroom direction i was actually repelled by it i i mean i know that's a horrible thing to say and there are some incredibly talented dancers out there but not something that i have ever wanted to engage in
0: so it was more the acting side of things rather than the actual dancing side of things
1: well actually no i wanted to dance that was really why i went there um so i i I wanted to dance and then during one rehearsal for a, a number in a show, I, I tore my hamstring. So I, I went immediately into drama class because I wasn't able to dance while the, I, this, this uh, injury was, was healing. And once I got into the drama class, I was like, oh, this rocks, this is so much easier than ballet. You know, it was just like, this is great this is really my cup of tea and I had no idea before that I would even have the courage to do that. Uh, you know, when you dance, as freeing and liberating as it is, you end up somehow, you, unless you're a soloist, you become part of the, the decor almost. And And I wasn't really willing to be the center of attention, but I have to say, I just love the drama classes
0: that's the one that caught you then basically that's the one oh. that had you and from then that point on you never looked back you you never thought you know what i want to go back well
1: no actually i i've had a very charmed life um and i i don't regret a single moment and i and i'm really glad i didn't continue dancing because i don't think i was that good
0: Look, we're going to come to that in a moment and I'm going to disagree with you completely. <laughs> but before we get to that moment, so you you move into acting and what we were just talking about before before we started talking about all of this was the fact that you went through this British initiation of being in certain TV shows and um, and adaptations. And then you moved to America and you had the same sort of thing of going through um, bits like that. And then. Center of a Woman appears about what four years after you start making movies. Is that about right?
1: Well, I, I I I started my first professional job was in the UK and I was fifteen, and then when I when I moved to the states, I did a, a one uh, American production, a film, a big Warner Brothers film that was absolutely awful, and and then I did the Scent of a Woman. So I, I really didn't have that much experience in the sort of US movie making universe, which really is a universe. It's another entire planet unto itself. So when I when I was auditioning for Center of a Woman, which was a tremendously long process, I, it, the auditions went on for a year, um, but I, I remember thinking this is a little extreme for like a two minute scene. You know, I it didn't seem to make
0: sense. I get, as you say, I guess it's completely different compared to here in the UK is that. Yes. You, yes. I, they
1: don't serve tea at 11 and four o'clock. It's incredibly upsetting.
0: <laughs> so what's the audition process like for Centre of Woman? You're telling me it's a year for this 10 minute segment. How, where did it start for you? Like, what's the first moment where Center of Woman starts getting spoken to, to you from your agent?
1: I don't really recall specifics, but I, I do know I had, uh, they sent the pages, not the script, because it was super top secret, and they sent the pages of the scene. And back then, this was before email, obviously, so I, it came via a, a courier, and this little envelope was just like four pages in it. I was like, okay, maybe there's more to this role than meets the eye. And before I know it, I'm being flown to New York to read with Pacino. And um, everybody in, on my team was very excited about this. Uh, and I was like, I, I again, I was just like, it's three pages. What is going on? Um, so anyway, I, I read with with Al and that went very well. And then I didn't hear a word for months and I that usually is a, a good sign that that's it. They've moved on and they've cast somebody else. Um, but then out of the blue, I got another call from the agent saying, they're still really interested in you. Um, can you do an American accent? Can you do this? Can you do that? And I said, sure, and I'll try anything. Uh, and then they went with my own dialect my own accent. And that's kind of it, but it took months, months and months and months. And I I I later heard that Marty, Marty Bress, the director, uh was looking for a Michelle Pfeiffer, an, a young Michelle Pfeiffer who was going to become a huge celebrity, a huge actress, and that he was being very um scrupulous and and desperately trying to find the right look the right face the right woman um which is actually a funny story because when i ran into him at the academy awards where center of a woman was nominated and, and Pacino actually won best actor i was about eight months pregnant <laughs> <laughs> and marty breast looked terribly demoralized he was like oh man she this is not the michelle pfeiffer i had in mind <laughs>
0: So you're effectively waiting nearly a year before you get told you're in the movie. Is that right?
1: Yeah. And and the moment they told me, they said you have to be in New York for a week or two weeks to do a dance rehearsal. Um, and can you fly tomorrow morning? Which is usually the way. They don't give you a lot of notice, but you you're sort of bound to their scheduling.
0: So you have to pick up everything i'm guessing you're living in la at this point yes so you have to fly across the country to new york and be thrust into this straight away with just these four pages of dialogue yes and then
1: which which after a year i knew clearly my lines (laughs) thank god that would have been a pretty sorry state of affairs if i still didn't know my dialogue
0: that's a very good point actually if you've only got a certain amount of dialogue and it's four pages and if you don't know it within a year's time before you've even (laughs) set foot onto the stage you might yeah you could be pushed out very quickly there so you get to new york what's the next thing that happens are you are you rehearsing with al or are you then taken to have tango lessons
1: so i i was I was under the impression that I would be doing these tango lessons, these daily lessons with Al. And, uh, and I was told that would be the case. And the dance, the choreographer was told that would be the case. So every day I would show up and there would be no Al Pacino. So I was like, okay, so I'll just go ahead and learn this sequence. And so I spent probably 10 days learning a sequence that in the film I'm not supposed to know. So I was just hoping that, that Al would at some point show up and we would be able to do this together. And on the last day of the dance rehearsal, he came in and he knew the whole dance. And he he did it once or twice and he said, That's it. I'm 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 good. So wow. and then the following week we shot the scene we i think we shot we spent about 3 days shooting the dialogue and the dance and then the subsequent dialogue as is pretty typical when you're shooting we did it out of chronological order so we did the first few pages of dialogue and then the last and then for the last 2 days we shot the tango
0: wow so 2 days nonstop shooting that tango sequence mm-hmm. which you had obviously been practicing for for a couple of weeks i mean that must have been quite hard to keep going at that i know it's not a hugely energetic dance but it's still constantly doing the same steps and constantly making sure that you're not stepping on each other's toes as well i mean was it hard work was it difficult no
1: collecting refuse is hard if you're if you're a garbage collector that's hard work Doing a tango in an air-conditioned, very lovely five-star hotel with donuts and and orange juice at your every disposal. I it, no, there's nothing hard about any of it.
0: <laughs> I take your point there, Gabrielle. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. So was it fun?
1: It was fun. It was. It was very fun. In fact, Pacino made it fun. And Chris O'Donnell was a hoot you know he was he was a sweetheart very very sweet kid and he and I did another film together a couple of years later but uh you know Pacino was very adamant that we improvise as much as possible which I guess is his thing um so when we were shooting the dialogue he gave me the most peculiar feeding lines that weren't scripted at all. And and I was like, well, do I veer off script or do I respond accordingly? And so I just kind of went with the flow (laughs) and you don't question Al Pacino when he's doing his thing, you know what I mean? I was like, I'm just gonna go with this. This guy knows a lot more about this shit than I do. So uh that was kind of the dialogue he he really kind of kept me on my toes for the entire day of of shooting the dialogue and then when we were on the dance floor you know I I wanted to come across as though I didn't know what was coming next the steps and the turns and the dips and the so on so I just I really just let him lead and he did an amazing job particularly considering he didn't go to the rehearsals <laughs>
0: Which, as you say, is really surprising. Having said that, he is a very good dancer. If you look at when he does get to dance in other movies, I'm thinking Carlito's way in that right. he's, he's a you know, he's very good on that dance floor. So it doesn't surprise me that um, you know, he was hot to trot on the dance floor with yourself, certainly. But I was watching the movie uh, at the weekend, actually, because I knew we were gonna be talking, and I don't know when you last saw the film, but there's some brief cuts in that when you two are dancing where it looks like you're just laughing away. Like you're just you just can't help yourself, but have a good chuckle. And I'm thinking, I don't know if that's meant to be in there or it's just the fact that you're having such a good time with him.
1: I think it was a little bit of both, actually. I think. uh, I think spontaneity is something that really turns Al on. So I think that those little moments where you can grab a look, a laugh, a smile are very important to him. So I know that he was moving me around in order to get those those shots, those looks, and those moments. I, I was very well aware of that. So I didn't want to disappoint. <laughs> I'll just crack myself up and see what happens. <laughs>
0: What about with the um, the shooting of the scenes with the dialogue? Because you mentioned there, obviously, that he was going off book. But also, we've got to remember that at this point, well, in the entire film, he's playing a blind man. So he's not directly looking at you. And he is a method actor. I know for a fact that obviously he stayed in character for a long time while he was filming uh, Scent of a Woman. How is that for you as an actor at that stage in your career? Is it liberating? Is it giving you extra impetus? Or are you worrying a bit about where it goes next?
1: I wasn't very worried. Um, You know, I learned early on that actors are really quirky. You know, I I really understood from the very first job that I had that you're either going to love them or hate them. And I made the choice to just go with the flow and find something super enchanting and positive about the process. Um, I didn't necessarily uh, approach my own work that way, but I did respect um, other actors. So I, I wasn't surprised and I wasn't worried, but I, I, um, I really just wanted to accommodate him out of respect. And I think Chris was doing the same thing in his choices and in his role.
0: I guess it can be tough and maybe intimidating. I mean, was you intimidated? Because this is Al Pacino.
1: Well, if I were to be perfectly honest, I hadn't seen any performance by Al Pacino when I was that age. So I didn't I didn't have a a preconceived notion that I was going to be working with this, you know, incredible actor. I I knew everybody else was excited about it. You know, my agent and so on, they were like, oh, my God, this is a huge coup. If you can get this role. Um, but I, I I wasn't intimidated by him at all. He was incredibly charming. And, you know, he loves women. So I, I was at least the right gender.
0: Can you talk a, bit, a little bit more about um, what it was like? just being on set with him like was there moments where you got to just actually interact away from being on camera or was he constantly staying in
1: he was he was in character he was in character the whole time i mean when he would uh, walk into the room he would say sartorial splendor i was like okay he's back you know it was it was it was an experience
0: Marty Brest sadly, doesn't make it movies anymore. And yet he's made some of the best movies of the past 20 or 30 years, including *Center of a Woman, which won Al Pacino his only Oscar he's ever won. What was his relationship like with Al that you saw?
1: Well, there was a lot of dynamics on that set. You know, Pacino... Uh, was very close with his acting coach who was present. And so there was a lot of, you know, let's do the scene this way. Let's do the scene that way. Let's do the scene my way. Let's do the scene your way. And it was just like, Oh my God, you know, like where is this going to land? You know, how is this going to settle into, you know, we're rolling action. You know, there was a lot of dispute and a lot of opinions and, and, um, That that's what I noticed. That's what I remember.
0: What's Marty Bres like to work for as a director?
1: I I adored him. He was one of the kindest men I've ever met. Director or no, I he was incredibly kind to me. Um very supportive. Uh I actually ran into him about 20 years ago at the farmer's market in Santa Monica. And uh, it was so good to see him. And I, I'm, I'm so sad that he doesn't direct films anymore. I really am. But I also understand it. You know, I'm not acting anymore. And I, and I really relate to him in that, with, with that perspective of, you know, it's a very brutal and painful political world to enter. And if you don't like playing games, you're not going to survive.
0: See, that's so sad. It's so sad. With a man with talent like that, and we don't see... I couldn't agree
1: more. I couldn't agree more.
0: I guess that leads me on nicely to my next question is, Al wins the award for for the best actor, finally. I mean, you must have been made up, the fact that you were in that movie as well, and you can say... I'm in the only movie that Al Pacino has won an Oscar for.
1: Well, I have never said that. However, uh, about- You should do,
0: you should start saying it.
1: All right, I will, I I will. But about three weeks ago, I was at the Beverly Hills Hotel and guess who I run into? Mr. Pacino. And I said to him, I often run into him over the years. It's very strange. And he's always with a different woman. And I and I have to sort of check myself so that I don't say, "Oh, hello, Beverly," and it's not Beverly. So I um, I I saw him, and he, we we hugged, and, and I said, "Weren't we great?" And he said, "Yes, we were." And and that's about as much recognition as I've given myself. <laughs> and he concurred. It was a very funny meeting. It was very adorable.
0: But you're only giving yourself that bit of recognition when in actual fact, considering Al Pacino's filmography and the amount of iconic scenes that he has been in, I think you could easily say that your tango scene with him is in the top five Al Pacino moments. Well, thank you. Well, I I would say that. Would you not say that? I mean, I know obviously it's difficult for you because you're in the movie, but that sequence is in there. I mean, that's got to fill you with joy
1: no i'm very proud i i really am very proud um i think the screenplay was so beautifully written that i don't think you could go wrong with that scene no matter who was the, the tango partner i think it was just a beautifully written scene
0: what about when was the last time you saw the movie
1: oh recently i actually you know my son was in his senior year at high school And so I I played him the movie because, you know, it takes place in the senior year of high school uh, for Chris. And my son loved the movie. He just loved it. He loved the the moral behind the tale. And just so it was quite recently. He's he's that was about a year ago.
0: What did he say when he saw you dancing with Pacino? What was the response there?
1: He actually just grabbed my hand and squeezed my hand.
0: What more can you say? I mean,
1: that said it all for me.
0: When you get that response from your son. All these years later as well, let's not forget, you know, it's what are we now? You know, we're we're talking about what 30 years ago, more than
1: 30 years ago. I know, of
0: course. And yet it still stands the test of time. But Mm -hmm. so did you watch it all? You know, are you happy to watch yourself?
1: Um, well, now that I'm so much older I appreciate the fact that I don't have a lot of wrinkles uh, (laughs) when I watch work that I did when I was much younger Um, I don't really have a problem with it I I know a lot of actors don't like to watch themselves Um, I actually find it quite helpful when I'm shooting to watch the dailies, to watch uh, the rushes and um, because I can you know, slightly shifts what I'm doing if it needs to shift, or you know, I I find that quite helpful. But um, you know that I I have done I have a a pretty vast body of work, and so much of it is just so bloody awful that I will not watch a lot of the work because I'm so embarrassed. But then there are a handful of stuff that I think is really pretty good and that that I'm quite happy to watch you know revisit every few years
0: did it difficult for you when when you're watching that with your son was it difficult for you to step out of that moment and go that's me is that difficult was that difficult for you or could you just watch it as a movie and kind of forget that it's you
1: i can forget that it's me i i mean um that me was such a different version of me back then that we don't have much in common anymore so it's kind of like watching a stranger
0: who's able to turn on a sixpence with al pacino without losing a step i mean that well, must... I, think,
1: I, I think they edited that scene really well <laughs> I think there was one point where, where Al stepped on my toes. And in fact, I was, I was at an award ceremony. I think it was his lifetime achievement award. And I did mention that, that he had stepped on my toe, but nobody knew.
0: I guess that's another, just another memory for you, isn't it? Another wonderful memory of being in that move in that movie for those 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever it is, but it's that iconic sequence.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a great dance scene. I have actually, there's been a couple of instances where I've gone to a brunch and there's been a, you know, like a, a quartet and I'll sit down at my table and all of a sudden they start playing. <singing> and I, it's, you know, it's kind of fun. It's like, oh, that's my song.
0: I love the scene where Slade comes over and asks you if he can sit with you in order to keep the womanizers away. Such a tender and, and, and funny moment. Mm-hmm,
1: hmm But, you know, I think Al is that person. He's very soft-hearted. You know, he's very, very gentle and very kind. And I think people don't really associate those, those things with somebody who's so powerful.
0: I think Al Pacino operates in this weird space where he's both a movie star and also an actor, but he doesn't see himself as both. Mm-hmm. And I think that's interesting because he's always been that. He's always been a movie star all the way back from the start of his career. But he doesn't. But I don't see think he like thinks
1: that. of himself as a movie star at all. I think he just puts himself in the actor category, and which is very separate to his personal life. You know, his professional life is something that is all-consuming and incredibly important to him. It's his how he's defined himself. And then there's the man Al Pacino, that it couldn't be more polar opposite at least that's my impression of him and particularly not just from the the time we were working together but all the years that i've run into him um he's he's really grown on me
0: (laughs) i guess that leads me into my last question then gabrielle which is i now need to know what's your favorite al pacino movie
1: well Obviously, I'm a little biased. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm a bit of a pacifist at heart. So a lot of his work has been very uh, violent. And I I don't gravitate toward that. I find it upsetting. So one of the things I loved about Scent of a Woman was that here comes this, you know, colonel who's been through hell and obviously killed people and been blinded and so on but he is this sweet 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 soul who at the end of the movie you just can't help but fall in love with him so i i would have to say that the stenchy wench is way up there for me
0: the stenchy wench
1: yes and i say that with absolute respect (laughs) The stenchy wench
0: Gabrielle and while they're talking about working with Al Pacino on center of a woman. And of course she was going to say center of a woman when I asked her her favorite Al Pacino movie. I mean, of course she was, she's in the thing and it's an Oscar winning movie. It's also a great choice as well. And it's absolutely one of my favorite Al Pacino movies. So thank you to Gabrielle for coming on the podcast. I will let you in on a little behind the scenes secret. When I interviewed Gabrielle, it was late afternoon uh, where she was on the East Coast in America. And halfway through our chat, she just dropped off the call. The line went dead. I had no idea what had happened, so I just waited on the Zoom call. About five minutes later, she reappeared and said that the power had gone out due to a tropical storm approaching them. So I asked her if she needed to take shelter and we could redo the interview at a later date. But she was super cool about it all and wasn't phased by any of it and was more than happy to just continue the chat with me in the face of a storm or hurricane or whatever was coming towards them. So my huge thanks to Gabrielle Anwar for coming on the podcast, not only being the first guest, but also battling through a tropical storm to speak with me. Now, while I'm thanking people, there's a few people I need to give thanks to because they've been instrumental in helping me put this podcast together. So thank you to Sam over at Red Rabbit Creation 79 on Etsy for designing the logo for this and all of the subsequent artwork as well. Thanks to Chris Wade for helping with some guest contact details. Thank you to John Griff for his audio help. Thank you to Dan Hatton for his video and audio help. Thank you to Helen Cox for helping me with editing. I'd never done it before and Helen was instrumental in giving me pointers. And I've also got to thank my partner, Samantha, who has had to listen to me talk about Al Pacino constantly since about 2014. It might be even before that as well. So thank you to my partner, Samantha. That's the thank yous out of the way, except to say thank you to you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this first episode. And if you have any feedback, then please do get in touch. You can find me on X, a.k.a. Twitter, on Instagram and on Blue Sky, or you can contact me via my website, com. If you enjoyed this episode, then please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast for all future episodes. Until next time.